You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? It is your host, Matt Labrie, and you are tuned into the Decoding Success Podcast. Today, we are bringing to you one of the most inspiring and the most humble individuals I've ever had the pleasure of speaking with. This gentleman is the definition of never settle, and his story and his journey is something we all need to hear. Today, our friend Eric Legrand is joining the show. Eric, a standout football star at Rutgers University, sustained a spinal cord injury during a fourth quarter play at MetLife Stadium. While the initial prognosis was grim, Eric demonstrated his titan strength by shattering all expectations for his recovery and rehabilitation. With close to 6 million Americans living with some form of paralysis, including 1.3 million spinal cord injuries, Eric harnessed the national spotlight he attracted from his personal injury to give back to the community and inspire those living with and impacted by paralysis to believe. Eric launched Team Legrand and set out on a mission to help individuals living with spinal cord injury and their families by supporting quality of life initiatives and emerging therapies that will get us to the end zone, which is a cure for SCI. From becoming an author, sport analyst for ESPN, Sirius, the Big Ten Network, and Rutgers Radio, to a much sought after motivational speaker, Eric has given a voice to the paralysis community to mobilize support for critical initiatives, policies, and cutting edge research over the past five years. He has been recognized by Sports Illustrated with the Best Moment of 2011 and the Jimmy V Award for Perseverance at the ESPY Awards in 2012. He was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2017, receiving the Warrior Award. And today, the Decoding Success Podcast is honoring his relentless journey, so we are definitely excited you're tuned in for this meaningful conversation. Before hopping into that, we want to shout out our partner, Audible, who helps make a major impact on our community of listeners. We teamed up with Audible to deliver all of those tuned in right now, a complimentary audiobook of your choice. Now, to claim yours today, simply head over to audibletrial.com forward slash decoding success for your no strings attached audiobook. And without further ado, let's jump into today's episode with Eric Legrand. Eric, man, I am super grateful to have you on this show right now. Like I said to you, you're a warrior, man. Your story is absolutely inspiring to me and to everyone that knows about it. You, you embody perseverance. You are an amazing speaker on top of it all. So I am super grateful to have you on the show. I know how much value you're about to add to everyone tuned in. So thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me on. I truly appreciate it. It's always great to be able to share my story. 100%. Listen, the first question I ask every individual that hops on this show is how do you personally define success? Reason being is because I like to highlight that everyone's allowed to have their own definition of success. So I'm curious, man, how do you define it? Yeah, everyone does have their own definition of success because we're all different people and we all have different goals and different strategies on how to get there. So I truly believe that everyone does have their own definition of success. And the one that I was taught when I was playing at college over at Rutgers was by Greg Schiano, and his definition of success came from the John, John Wooden, uh, uh, the legend of John Wooden, and what he uh, defined it as, and it was the peace of mind you get knowing you did everything you could to be the best you can be. I'll say it one more time. It's the peace of mind you get knowing you did everything you could to be the best you can be. So if you gave it your all at whatever it is and whatever that you had to do, whether if it was me on the football field or if it was on a report that you had to report back to your boss with or working with a group and you're 
work life or in the gym, whatever it is. If you're your best at it, doing your best at it at night, or best at it, whatever it is, you should be able to lay your head down on that pillow at night and sleep at ease saying, you know what? I left it all on the table. That is really powerful right there. And you definitely do get a peace of mind when you do give it your all. I'm, I mean, listen, I'm a human being, so I could tell you there have been times that, or projects I've worked on where I kind of half-assed it, you know, and um, uh-huh. you, listen, it's a part of it, man. It's a part of it. So I definitely love and appreciate you sharing that. Now, let me ask you, how do you find yourself continuously able to achieve that? And there's that, and that's the hard part where people can always say these different definitions of doing that, but when they actually have to take action and do it, it takes a lot of sacrifice. You know, there's things that that you, when I, especially when I was playing football, you know, I had to sacrifice time with my family, time with my friends. I'll never forget flying out to a bowl game on Christmas Day or not spending Thanksgiving with my family, having to do it another weekend, stuff like that. Like, you have to live it by sacrificing it and getting to where you need to go and holding yourself accountable to the standards that you set. You have, to, for you have to map out what you want to do, what the goal is, and then you have to do it each and every day. And another quote that he always used to say, trained behavior becomes instinct. And that's true. If you continuously do something over and over, and over we're humans. We adapt. That's what we, we become, you know, into our, whatever that environment is, that's what we become. And if you start talking about being successful at doing whatever you need to do to be the best you can be. So if it was me on the football field, I'm making sure I'm in the weight room. I'm making sure I'm doing little extra things after the weight room's over. On the football field, perfecting my craft to the fullest. If it's in my business life, I'm making sure that I'm reaching out to people so I can get more speaking engagements. I'm making sure that when, I, when I'm speaking, I need to know what audience I'm speaking to. I need to study them so I, need, I know how I want to deliver my speech. It all applies to us in different ways that we need to use it to end on whatever we're trying to accomplish. I couldn't agree with you more, man. Sacrifice, man. It's, it's a huge part of the game. Now, Eric, I want to transition into your story. In 2010, man, uh, life-changing event for you. I was a senior in high school. I remember this across every single news outlet, man. And I'm not even mm-hmm. just talking about ESPN, right? I'm not even just talking about ESPN. Your life drastically changed. Can you bring everyone through that experience? Yeah, October sixteenth, two thousand and ten. We were playing at MetLife Stadium here in New Jersey. It had just opened up the year before, so you know we're all excited to play in there. You know, the NFL stadium like that. And we had we were playing the Army Black Knights. We had just tied the game up seventeen to seventeen in the fourth quarter. Running down the field to make a tackle, I was facing a double team that game, which means two guys were coming at me to block to block me, and I was able to split the double team, which means get right through them on that particular kickoff. And I had a good. 30, 40 yard head start on this guy. I'm about to make a tackle on. And I said, I wanted to tackle him with my shoulder, not my head. And my teammate got down there half a second before I did, and he tripped the guy up. And when the guy got tripped up, his body twirled in the air, and I thought I was going to tackle him with my shoulder. But I ended up hitting him with the crown of my head, and that's what caused my accident. Man, I remember it like it was yesterday. And like I said, to see what you're doing now, man, your your perseverance, your strength, your your mental resilience and all of this, it's truly inspiring. Now, uh, I want to ask you, how, how much did faith play a part in this life event? Did you feel like you were connecting to a greater power? Like w- what happened there? Yeah, when you're in your darkest days of your life, you know, that uh, that – that's when you really, you know, get real close to with yourself and also with God. And I remember laying there on the, that hospital bed and not knowing where my life was going to take me, but I have my aunt who's a prayer warrior and she was just praying over me, praying over me. And honestly, 
it just gave me a sense of relief in that time. Like, wow, like I'm going to be fine. You know, there's a reason why I'm going through this and this is going to help me get through this. You know, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Things of that nature. You know, you start thinking of that stuff as you're, as you're sitting there in your, like in your, in your darkest moments. And that's what helps you get through it. And then you, after you start getting better and you get through it, you realize, wow, God does work in, in miraculous ways, mysterious ways, but also miraculous ways. So it was, it was a very interesting time for me, but I definitely, my faith has grown so much and I wouldn't be where I am today without the man above. I hear that, man. Listen, I, I have In God I Trust tattooed right across my chest. Reason being, I, got it on my arm. <laughs> I love that, man. I love that. Listen, I mean, I, I, I know you're, you're from the New Jersey area, right? I mean, I played basketball over here at Christ the King Regional High School in Queens. Okay. And uh, everyone had tattoos except me, and I was feeling some type of way. So I went, I got that tattooed across <laughs> my chest. At the time, it didn't necessarily have the meaning it does now, but I definitely appreciate you sharing how much faith, you know, plays a role in your life even till today. Now, my next question for you is, how did your views on life change from before and after this event? Well, I definitely became more appreciative of life and what everything has to offer. And I actually got to see that there is a life outside of football, you know, my whole life was always football and I was always on a routine. I was always on a schedule and at Rutgers, shoot, we were on a schedule all the time. It was, you know, breakfast in the morning, class, practice, back to the, you know, wait room, study hall. Like it was, every day was something that was scheduled. Like that was my life. After I got hurt, I'm like, wow, there's actually stuff going on outside of New Brunswick and Piscataway campus at Rutgers. You know what I mean? Like there's this yeah. that like I was in my own little bubble. That's all I knew. And then you realize that, wow, there's other things that are happening that I can do other things for myself as well. You know, and I still want to be around the game of football. So my mindset was, all right, I want to become a sports broadcaster. I've always wanted to. I thought I would go to town if I retire and become one. But no, I'm going to start my career earlier than that, which led to me writing a book and then being able to start uh, a speaking and then also a foundation as well. So, you know, things started to work out for me little by little. But, um, yeah, it's a... It's crazy. It's just crazy to see that now my appreciation on life so much more and, you know, not getting caught up in little things and getting mad at stuff. It's just you move on to the next stage and, you know, things happen. It's life. Yeah. Now, let, let me ask how that transition was, right? Because you're 20 years old. You're a D1 mm-hmm. athlete at Rutgers, which at the time was a phenomenal, still is a phenomenal program, mm-hmm. right? A, amazing program. And then your dream of playing NFL football is taken from you. So mm-hmm. how did that transition happen? And like you said, you mentioned it earlier, right? The, there's some dark times in there. And I could resonate only to an extent. As a senior in high school, I tore the labrum in my shoulder while playing baseball. And I lost every single D1 scholarship I potentially had. At the mm-hmm. same time, it's not at the same extent as, as you had, you know. So I'm curious, man, like, how did that transition, you know, w- what happened? Well, in the beginning, you know, I had so many positive people around me that were just pushing me and motivating me. And I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to take a break from football. You know, for the rest of the season, I'll be back out there next year. But then, you know, once you realize what had happened to you, I got in my mind, went away from football. You know, of course, I was saying, I'm like, I'm not going to be able to play football no more. This is terrible. But when you're in a situation like I am, when you're hooked up to ventilators and can't eat, you start worrying about life. You know what I mean? Not just football. You start worrying about, where am I going? Where am I going to go? 
you know, or how am I going to be able to take care of myself? Am I going to stay able to go to college? Am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to do that? How is this going to happen? I know, I know football was my life and I was devastated. I couldn't play no more, believe me. But it made me also think about, okay, I can't even get up and walk right now. Like I can't even feed myself. I can't even eat solid foods. Like I got to worry about life now. Football will come later. Yeah, so the the team around you had a really big impact on you, right? I, I mean, you mentioned the positive forces around you. And I, I mean, we, we hear it all the time on this show how important team is, but your perspective on team is a little bit different. And I really appreciate you sharing that because it goes to show the importance of team all around. It's not just team in business, it's, it's team in life, right? When it comes to, go ahead, Eric, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, it's a team in life, absolutely. And it's, I always go back to saying how you treat people will be a reflection on how if you ever need people who shows up. My mom my mom raised me to be a polite young you know, a humble gentleman and I always treated everybody with respect. It didn't matter. Age, race, color, whatever it was, that's to me. I did I, it did not matter to me. I always treated people the same way. And when I was in my darkest moments, like as I mentioned before, those people rallied around me, my community help raise money for me because bills don't ever stop so my mom could stay with me and not have to work and be able to help me out and get me started on where I needed to go you know my whole community rallied behind me then the Rutgers family forget they were amazing as well and then my story was in the news so people wanted to reach out and wish me well which led to a relationship where I have where we just had my ninth annual walk to believe from a lady that doesn't know a thing about football but she has two sons and came to visit me when I was in my inpatient rehab at Kessler. And she wanted to, she wanted to uh, do something for me. And I've heard people say, you know, I want to do something for you. Well, she ended up starting my 5k walk, which led to now a 5k run and also a role in a huge party every year that we have. And next year will be our 10th year. So it's amazing to see just when you do good in this world, good people come to help. That's amazing, man. Listen, keep me posted with that. I would love to support that any way that I can. Now, let me ask oh, I got you. A, I got a bunch of events. I believe I'll definitely talk to you about some other events I got going on. Oh, please do, man. Listen, by all means, we're, we're definitely going to cover that on this show, too. I want everyone to know any way that we could support. You know, I would love to. Now, if there was one thing that you took away from this life event, right, what would that be? Um, I would say mental toughness played a huge role in it, which I truly believe that. God put me in this position for a reason because the stuff that we were going through at Rutgers, it, it tested you mentally every single day. I probably not only physically, mentally. And I believe that it set me up to be able to deal with something like this. Being able to be mentally tough, being able to withstand, overcome, and achieve things, even if I don't get that instant gratification, but to keep on pushing, keep on grinding. You know, things aren't going to come out for, to work for you every single day. Or, you know, this may not happen overnight. This may be for a while. So, you know, I believe I got mental toughness out of it. And I also got patience, something I didn't have before this injury. You know, I wanted one, especially when I got to college, you do something, you do what you want to do when you want to do it, you know. You're your own person, you're your own adult. So I was, of course, on a schedule and stuff. But if I, after football was over, if I wanted to go out to eat somewhere, I can go out to eat. If I wanted to go hang out at the door, hang out at the door, I could do what I want to do now. You know, I have to rely on a lot of other people's schedule and working things out if I want to go here, I want to go there. So, you know, I'm, I'm very patient, and that's the hardest part, dealing with this injury, not being able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. But I'm very also fortunate and very happy that I have a great support system around me that I can ask people for help. 
See, now you beat me to it because my next question was going to be, who influenced this mental toughness that you've embodied in life? (laughs) You you, you beat me to it, but now I got to keep it real. It had to have been before Rutgers because I know Mr. Shiano, what what he Mm -hmm. puts his players through. I know he ain't for everyone. So (laughs) (laughs) is, is there someone before uh, going to Rutgers, I know you mentioned your mom, you know, and I'm sure that um, she has a major influence on you. You know, is there, is there anything before that influenced that mental toughness? Absolutely. I mean, it, it started from the game of football. My mom, 10 years old, taught me about commitment. And I was, I remember I was, I was the best football player on my Pop Warner team and I didn't want to go to practice one day. So I was going to hang out in the park and, and chill with my friends. And she dragged me up out of that park and Tell me, who do I think I am? If you sign up for something, you see it through. And I don't care how good it is or how bad it is. You, if you sign up for something, you finish it out. And that taught me commitment at a young age and that mental toughness. Like I said, when things aren't going well, you still grind away at it. And then, as I know, I had great coaches. My, my Pop Warner coach, Coach Jack, I remember, I, like I said, I was the best player on the team. And I told him I didn't want a block. I just want the ball. And he didn't give me a ball for a whole game. like Things like that. And when I actually had to lose weight, I would say it was the biggest, a biggest, uh, you know, biggest inspiration for me when I was younger was when I, in seventh and eighth grade, I had to lose 20 pounds in order to play football. Well, 15 uh, by seventh grade year and then 20 eighth grade year if I wanted to play because I needed to be 145 and I was 165 and I had to do it in three weeks. And I don't know if you remember, but do you remember Slim Fast? Yeah, I remember Slim Fast. Those Slim Fast milkshakes. I, was, I would drink one for breakfast, one for lunch. And I would run four miles a day with bat, like garbage bags on me and all those uh, all these hoodies and stuff. And I was able to drive down. I got down to 142, and I was able to weigh in and be able to play football that year. And, you know, stuff like that. When I'm 13 years old, 12, 13 years old doing this, you know, that mental toughness to, like I said, keep on grinding, keep on pushing. Especially if you want something, there's a, out, a bigger outcome to it. You got to do what you need to do to get there if you really love it that much. So, yeah, that mental toughness did definitely start at a younger age, but it got enhanced to a whole nother level once I got to college. <laughs> I love it, man. Listen, you know, when, when you play sports, there's characteristics that get built in, uh, in anyone that plays sports, you know, no matter what yes. the sport is. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Now, l- let's transition a little bit here, Eric. You know, where you're at right now in life is absolutely amazing. You know, you're defying odds. And through your speaking, you're really helping people never settle, right? And you prove it through your story mm-hmm. and your continuous recovery. What advice would you give someone that, has these dreams and has these aspirations, yet they, you know, their, their actions aren't matching it, right? They're, they're living a life of comfort and they're not getting after that. What would your advice be to them? Yeah, people, that's, I'm glad you said that word, comfort. People love to get comfortable and don't want to do th- what they need to do in order to get out of that comfort zone. And one thing we've learned at Rockstar, I, I, I keep on reverting back to it, but is you got to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You got to you gotta challenge yourself. Put yourself in those situations. We were challenged because we have coaches that challenge us and put us in those situations. Not everyone may have, have that. But if you're sitting here listening to something like this, that means you're taking that step because you know you want to get better. You know what you want, you know something to do, and you need the tips to do it. Well, here it is. You got to challenge yourself. Look yourself in the mirror and say, what do I want? What do I really love? And then take the steps necessary to do it. And if you have people there that can help you and guide you along the way, that's just icing on the cake. But that's, you don't need that icing. You can eat that cupcake plain. You know what I mean? You can do it <laughs> yourself and you can grind from the bottom. You just have to have that willpower to 
overcome tough times when things go wrong to not get discouraged and want to stop something. In the world that we live in now, when something goes wrong, people get all discouraged. They don't want to do something. They get all, oh, this isn't going to work. I should put my energy somewhere else. No. That's the, I always revert back to that Steve Jobs. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, not to Steve. I'm sorry, not to Steve Jobs. The owner of Amazon. That picture that came out when he was in that office in 2001 to now, you know, being the richest man in the world. Back in 2001, he was in that little box office with all these papers and filing cabinets and stuff and this, this computer and just sitting there grinding, looking nothing like where he is now. And I, I'm sure that took a lot, a lot of effort to get to where he is. And it doesn't happen overnight. But if it's something that you really want, then you're going to grind. You're going to go through the ups and downs, but you got to embrace the process because in the process, that's where you learn. A hundred percent. You know, I, I actually have that Jeff Bezos, uh, that Jeff picture, Bezos, right? Yeah, I'm sorry, I said Steve Jobs. I'm sorry, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. No, listen, Steve Jobs started in a similar position too, man. I have that Jeff Bezos picture right on my vision board. So I see it every morning, man. It's, it's inspiring. And I, I definitely agree with you. Now, Eric, I, I want to respect your time. I have two more questions that I ask every interviewee that hops on this show. And the first one is, what was a piece of advice that you were given that you didn't want to hear, but it proved to be true over time? A piece of advice I was given. Uh, that, you, that you didn't I, want to I, hear. No, 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 that I didn't want to hear. Well, I can I go back to when I was playing, I got... I got um, I started off as a linebacker, recruited as a linebacker the first day of training camp. I made my goal weight 232 pounds. I got moved to nose guard to play in the defensive line with 300-plus pound men where I was like, what am I doing? I never played with my hand down in my life. So then that year, our, our second-string defensive end got hurt. I got moved over to defensive end uh, to play to back up our starter. Then I got moved over to fullback because our fullbacks weren't producing after two weeks, I get back, move back to DN and then back to uh, defensive tackle at the end of the year. And I said to myself, I question, do I really love this game of football anymore? Do I really love what I'm doing? I remember I was going through a breakup too with my girlfriend at the time. So that was rough in school. And you know, you know what I'm saying? You're 18 years old going through all of that. And I said, said to myself, do I really love this? And I had a meeting with my coach and he told me, Eric, we, I put you out there because I trusted you. I believe that you could get the job done in each of those positions. We weren't just going to throw you out there on the field just to go out there and, you know, and then you couldn't handle that situation. I put my trust in you to get the job done, to learn the plays and be in the right spot at the right time. Trust. And that's what I was saying. The biggest thing I learned was trust. It was something I didn't want to hear when I was going through it. But at the end of the season, once I had that meeting, I realized what coach was doing and he had the best interest for me. So that got that's me through awesome. a lot. Those, yeah, first, those, those first four months were rough, though, man. I'll tell you that. I could imagine all of that change, man. Listen, you you exhibit or exemplify, I should say, uh, uh, not accountability, but adaptability and accountability yeah. at, at that too. You, both of them, mm-hmm. you know, so that it's really amazing that you were able to do that. And, you know, when you have that belief uh, behind you from your coach, you know, that that's amazing. That's a good feeling. So I definitely appreciate you sharing that. Now, I want to ask you this question as well. If someone came up to you right now on the street seeking a piece of advice to achieve their definition of success, what would you tell them? I would honestly tell them, appreciate everything that you do have in your life. Uh, go back to the people that, that helped you get to where you are in your life. Thank them. If you need support, lean on them, but also hold yourself accountable to a standard where you, you don't even think you can reach. Put yourself at the highest standard and try to achieve those goals each and every day and see how far you can get. 
because I believe you'll shock yourself because in the beginning, when you are looking for that type of advice and you're looking for that help, sometimes you need to, you need to be told something like that. And if I could tell somebody that, like hold yourself accountable to what you need to do and, you, and, and put it to somewhere where you can't even believe you can, you can reach, don't be afraid to put that, that high because you may, not, you may not get there right away. But the stuff that you're going to learn on the way there and when you start disciplining yourself and doing things every day, okay, I need to do this, I need to do that. We're creatures of habit. It's just going to start coming natural to you and then amazing things are going to happen to you. It's just the way life is. Man. And we're going to face speedballs, of course, as well. You may be going cruising smooth along the way. That's what I thought I was doing. And then, boom, a life-changing moment happens for you. Okay, that doesn't mean that your life is over. You do were just dealt a bad card, but you're still in the game. You can still figure out ways around it. And I can't uh, harp on it even more. Don't be afraid to ask for help, whether it's a family member, whether it's a friend, or whether it's listening to a podcast like this and getting the tips for that stuff. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. I love that, man. Listen, a lot of people, you know, let that ego get in the way when it comes to help. And I'm one of them, man. You know, I'm definitely one of them. I let my ego get in the way for so long. And then I realized that you can, when you're by yourself, you can go fast, but when you're with people, you can go far, you know? So I definitely appreciate you sharing that. And I definitely resonate with that too. So I, I appreciate your advice. I know people that are going to tune, you know, tune into this show are going to appreciate that as well. Yeah. absolutely. And like I said, not everyone's going to have a support system and sometimes you have to do it on your own. But if you can find somebody that inspires you, that you would like, that you can listen to, and like I said, it might not be a person that you can talk to on the phone physically, but if you listen to a podcast, if you listen to, you know, just a certain message from somebody that somebody's putting out there, the content that they're dropping, you know, that helps people overcome a lot. It helps them get, get through tough times and also helps them in their business life, their personal life. It's amazing what, you know, what could happen when you actually, like you said, put down that wall to your ego and become vulnerable and let yourself know like, wow, I need help in this area. What can I do? There are options, you know that? A hundred percent. Listen, vulnerability is huge. Now you, you mentioned content. Now I got to ask you, where can people keep up with you on social? Because it's, uh, it's important that your, mm-hmm. am, your, your message is amplified. So we got to let people know. Yeah. I, I love social media. I, I've connected with so many people on there. It's unbelievable. So you can find my Instagram at ericlegrand52.com. You can find my Twitter at ericlegrand52.com. My Facebook is just Eric Legrand. My YouTube channel is ericlegrand52. So I have all that going. My website is ericlegrand52.com. And also my foundation, Team Legrand. I would love to talk if we have some time to talk about my foundation as well. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I love it. I love it. Let's talk about that foundation, man. Well, what do you got going on with that? Let's amplify this message while we have the opportunity. Sure. All right. So Team Legrand of the Chris Daniel Marie Foundation, we partnered with them in 2013, the fall. And we have been able to have some amazing events that started off with the walk. And then we also had an evening with Eric Grand, which was like a little gala type. And we have auction items and things like that, some dinner, which is really cool. But I realized with spinal cord injuries, they don't discriminate from anybody. It can happen to anybody at any given time. So I wanted to get the community more involved. So last year, I decided to start a flag football tournament because that's something near and dear to me, football, which turned out to be amazing. The next, uh, the next event we had was I stepped out of my comfort zone. I had a Zumba event for the foundation. <laughs> It was a lot. There was a lot of women in there. I think there was only 
or one man. But those women, when we after after the uh, Zumba was over and they got to Zumba and we had a little tricky tray, and you would have thought that they won the Super Bowl when they would get their name called up to there with some items. It was insane, screaming at the top of the lungs, let's go, when they would win. It was hilarious. I loved every minute of it. To that, we also had a CKO kickboxing event last year. And, and this year, I'm excited to announce that. I announced it last week, but the first annual Eric LeGrand flag football, I mean, uh, Eric LeGrand Cornhole Tournament, which is going to be uh, placed right outside of Dave & Buster's and Woodbridge Mall right in my town. So I'm really excited to get some people out there. Everyone can play cornhole, come out, have a good time, drink some beer, some wine, other beverages as well, and just have, just have a great time to raise money. We're going to have three divisions, so if you want to come out there recreational-wise and just have fun, we have an intermediate division, then we have the advanced one for serious people. But that's just all. You can just you can go to njplaysports.com slash elcornhole and join the tournament. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. I love it, man. Eric, you got amazing things going on, man. I appreciate you hopping on this show. I'm definitely grateful for all the knowledge and insights and experiences that you brought us into. So thank you for hopping on here. Hey, thank you for having me. I truly do appreciate it. And there you have it, my guy Eric Legrand coming through and adding a ton of value. I am beyond grateful for the opportunity to chop it up with Eric and amplify his message to all of you that are tuned in right now to this episode. And if I could suggest anything, it would be to keep up with him, follow him on social, tune into all the media hits, such as his episode on the Ed Milet Show. Absolutely amazing episode. Shout out to Eric, shout out to Ed. Check out his book, his work to bring awareness, impacting communities, and all of that. Make sure you're keeping up with Eric. Let him know you're connecting with him and let him know where you heard him on the Decoding Success podcast. Now, I do want to state this. Eric won me over way before we even had this conversation. His journey, his mental toughness, his grit, his perseverance, his never settle attitude, his belief. It has always been inspiring to see. And then he struck a chord less than five minutes into this conversation by defining success as the peace of mind you get when you give it your all. That hit home and we see Eric exemplify that all the time, whether it's with his impact, his speaking, his rehabilitation, and so on. Listen, we are so blessed each and every day we open our eyes by giving our purpose, our task, our duties, everything we have, our all, we can sleep so much better at night. Think about it. You don't question. You don't second guess. You know I gave that my all. I definitely appreciate Eric sharing that and all else, bringing us through his experiences in life and sharing his insights insights, values, and more. Again, make sure you connect with Eric. Now, if this episode hit you the way it hit me, if it hit home the way it hit me, I'm going to ask you to share it. Post it on your Instagram stories, tag me and Eric, and I'll happily shout you out. Text it to your circle, email it to your team, whatever you decide to do, you already know it's appreciated. And if you haven't yet, rating and reviewing our show would mean the world to us. That's exactly how we get impactful individuals just like Eric on here. We got street cred. So if you can help us continue to bolster that as a community member, as a decoding success faithful, it would mean the world to us. Until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.